1: This is Bridging Philly, connecting our communities on the issues that matter to you. Presented by Gift of Life Donor Program. Organ donors save
3: lives. Hello, I'm Raquel Williams. Welcome to Bridging Philly. Well, there's certainly no debate about the influence that men have on the lives of their children. I talk with members of Philly's own Focus on Fathers. The organization is doing their part to cut down on the gun violence epidemic in Philadelphia by showing young new fathers how to have a positive relationship with their kids and be an influence in their lives.
4: We help them and we equip them to be better fathers, to be fathers in general, whether it's education, whether it's employment.
3: Charity Howard gets us caught up on the 20th season of the Broadway show, Presented by the Kimmel Cultural Center.
0: Everyone can relate to feeling like the underdog. Everyone can relate to seeing their own flaws and wanting to do and be better.
3: All that straight ahead on Bridging Philly.
1: This is Bridging Philly from KYW News Radio 1039
3: FM. I was so pleased to receive information about Focus on Fathers because I wasn't familiar with this organization. And I think it's great to have a group like this in Philadelphia doing this type of work, especially when it comes to fathers, and learning how to have great relationships with their children. With us to discuss the work of Focus on Fathers is Larry Woody. He's program manager for the Focus on Fathers program, along with Mark Weaver. He's a peer educator and facilitator for Focus on Fathers. Thanks for joining us. Why don't you first start off by telling us how the group came about?
5: I think we're the only federally funded parenting education or fatherhood group in Philadelphia. We've been around perhaps uh, more than 20 years. We're part of PHMC, um, something called the Health Promotion Council. You know, th- this program has gone through different iterations. You know, for a little while there, we were call Focus on Families. Uh, you know, we, we had the federal grant. It was a five-year grant. And then uh, when it wasn't renewed, we went from being focused on fathers to focus on families. Then we reapplied for the grant, and then we we became focused on fathers again. So right now, we're just beginning the fourth year of this five-year grant. But uh, there are fatherhood grantees all over the country, uh, you know, rural areas, the city, all, all over the country.
3: Okay, well, Martin, why don't you talk a little bit about the work of Focus on Fathers and why the work in Philadelphia specifically, is important.
4: As we know, uh, being from Philadelphia, it's a lot of lackluster, so to say, fathers, that they have the misinterpretation that they don't necessarily have to be there for their kids. So what I do in the company and what means most to me is helping out fathers just like myself, who love being there for their children, who want to be there for their children, not saying that I have these issues or these problems, but there's obstacles and barriers that get in the way of fathers like myself trying to be fathers. And with the Focus on Fathers organization, we help them and we equip them to be better fathers, to be fathers in general, whether it's education, whether it's employment, and as well as one of the most important parts of the organization is the parents in class in itself. The right way to be a parent is to be a present parent and to be an active parent.
3: You know, it's interesting. I want to talk about, and Larry, you can jump in here where you where you want to. I want to talk about the fact that you're teaching fathers how to have better relationships with their children. You know, some may say, well, why do you have to teach a father how to be a father? But actually, some of the fathers that you work with may not have had positive male role models in their lives to show them how to be fathers themselves. Talk about
5: that and your experiences. Someone once said to me that, you know, you guys are the fathers to the fathers. And in many ways, that's true. Um, Because, as you pointed out, and this is absolutely true, a lot of the guys that we're dealing with uh, never had a strong male father figure. You know, just in the way the American families are constructed these days, that's sort of broken down. So, uh, you know, we've got a lot of men who are expected to know things that they just don't know. And so sometimes people will think that guys aren't involved because they don't want to be. And very often that's not the case. It's just that they don't know. I want to point out because, you know, Martin took our classes, you know, and he was he he did so well that now we have employed him, you know, that we brought him onto the team. But, you know, he has just recently, not that long ago, you know, gone through the curriculum.
3: Yes, by all means, Martin, tell us what you got out of those classes.
4: So what I've learned through the class, a lot of people are very sensitive. So not only are we sensitive as humans, we have to be more mindful to our children that they too are humans. And yes, they have feelings as well. Let's just say, hypothetically speaking, my child is acting up and time out, you go time out, you go. I don't put my hands on my kids, but I'm a firm believer. Time out. Take a couple minutes to get yourself together. But through the class, what I've learned is children are doing it because they either want attention or they're trying to ask for something or they want something or they want you to notice them in some way, shape or form. And prior to taking the class, I wasn't too privy to to be like, okay, yeah, well, you're doing this because of this or you're doing that because of that um and while taking the class on one of the courses was listening to your children speaking to your children meeting your children on their level and while i took the class and then as well as taking the training coming on board the way i parent my children now is while well, you're doing this i'm not going to yell at you come here sit down either stand in front of me or have a seat next to me and let's talk tell me what's wrong tell me what's bothering me and had i not taken this class I would have probably still been going about parenting my children the same way. Like, Hey, what the heck is you doing? Come here. No, go to timeout. You know, it brings a lot of awareness to parenting in itself and something that I like to use is breaking the cycle. Can I just add
5: that, that what Martin is talking about there is especially that a big part of our curriculum is uh, talking about child development and that's where he's going. You know, because uh, we think that people just know that and they don't, not just men, not even the moms, you know, I mean, child development is, it's crucial because if you have an understanding of how kids grow, how their minds develop and all of that, it makes it a bit easier to deal with them. I mean, I'm saying like, you know, that a six month old does this, you know, an eight month old does this, you know, when they get to 14, 15 months, they do this, those things take away the sort of uh, intimidating factor that kids might have for men. Because basically, you have a sense of where they're going. And so, what we advise guys is to look ahead. You know, six months old, you should be looking ahead to figure out where it's going to be in a few months because you can be prepared for it.
3: You know, I want to flip to a subject in Philadelphia that's top of mind for everyone, and that is the gun violence crisis. You know, I covered a lot of organizations, plenty of community groups. They're all doing collectively, trying to do their part to kind of make a dent in the gun violence crisis in Philadelphia. And I don't doubt that Focus on Fathers is actually one of those groups long term that can make an impact. Talk a little bit about what you do, the work that you do and how you feel that it can make an impact long term in the gun violence crisis here in Philadelphia.
5: We view ourselves as a part of the solution. My feeling has always been But if we can get guys to connect to their children, to connect to their families, if we can help them do that, they're a lot less likely to walk around with a pistol in their pocket kind of thing. You know, but they because what we try to do is to make them realize how important they are to their children. Their children need them. Their children want them. And if you're involved there, then, you know, the the whole street thing isn't as attractive. You know, and we're not going to get every one of them. We're not going to save every one of them. But basically, we're just trying to give them information to give them an alternative view of what's going on. And I think that there's real value in that.
3: Martin, would you agree?
4: Yes, of course. So to piggyback off of what, what he was saying is just to try to put this picture into perspective. So go back on to the resources we offer along with the parenting classes. We offer resources for employment so if you're not only an active parent if you're working when you get out of work you do the house things with the kids on the weekend if you're with your kids you can take your kids out to do things so a lot of violence and a lot of acting out with the children nowadays are once again for attention they lack that father figure that big brother figure that tells you hey let's not get into trouble let's go play basketball let's go play football let's go do a physical activity A lot of children nowadays lack the outside world that we had growing up. I'm 32 years old, and back when I was younger, we used to play around in the neighborhood, everybody played tag, we played softball, baseball, we played hockey, basketball, every sport you can think of. The men nowadays are too selfish and what they need to be is selfless and worry about their children.
1: Bridging Philly
5: continues in a moment.
1: back to Bridging Philly from KYW News Radio 1039 FM
3: Another thing I want to touch on actually is mental health and I'm thinking in terms of rearing young men especially young Latino and African American men they've received some old school teaching, let's say, you know, walk it off. Don't cry. They're not taught to emote or even deal with their feelings, which, you know, I think psychologists say that, you know, it can actually come out in other ways if you don't deal with it. And some of it can be destructive. So that's something that's dealt with in the classes, I'm assuming, helping young men to kind of work through their feelings and that it's okay to cry. It's okay to talk about their problems, right?
5: It absolutely is. You know, our class, it's all men. And you've got men from varying ages. But most of our guys are uh, 35, you know, somewhere in their 30s. But we got guys up to 50s, 60s, you know, that are taking care of kids, grandparents, you know, they're eligible for our program. Uh, We serve people 18 and up. But uh, mental health is a big deal with us. I, I know there's a class on mental health, and we have one facilitator, Joe Woodlock, who was, I think, your facilitator, Martin. That's a big deal with Joe, the whole mental health thing. And uh we tried to partner um with um the Black Brain campaign. I don't know if you've ever ever heard of them, but they I guess their charge is to uh help men with mental health, but all people, they offer free counseling and that sort of thing. Because the classes are all men, men are much more forthcoming. You know, we can talk about The emotional thing. We can talk about guys showing their emotions, you know, so they can understand themselves, so they can understand their kids. A lot of guys that come to our program, they feel supported. And so they can talk, they can confess. And it's a safe environment where you can say what you feel. Nobody's going to laugh. Nobody's going to make fun of you. I mean, they may challenge you, but that's part of it. You know, that's guys being with guys, you know. Now, we have had women take our program who have been in the class. You know, I can remember an 80-year-old woman. She took the class. She got her certificate. She loved it. She she loved being in there with the men and listening to what they said. But the guys are in a safe place where they don't have to feel intimidated, you know, that women know more about parenting than I do, that sort of thing. Um, and so that comfort level uh, opens them up to hearing the message, you know, which is that you can do this. It's important that you do this. It's critical that you do this.
3: Yeah. Okay. Martin?
4: With our class, we run an open forum base. We have a topic and us as facilitators, we start the topic off, but we try to set everyone at ease and let them know that there's no right or wrong answer. Your answer is your answer. And I can't tell you how to answer. I can't tell you how to feel. I can tell you how I feel about whatever the subject or the topic is of the course. I can only speak from my point of view. And as the classes go on, you feel it's like what he said. You feel more at ease. You feel more comfortable. At first, you know, it's it's like the first day of school. Everyone's up tight. Well, what is he going to say? What is he going to say? And we have a great staff. And we, we like to piggyback off of each other. And not only that, we try to make everyone feel at ease. And as the classes go on, you tend to feel like a family camaraderie vibe. And it makes it more easier to open up. It makes it more easier, as what he said, to accept what the message is and to accept the help. A lot of us don't realize that we need help, but we realize that we need help. A lot of us don't know how to ask for it, and that plays into mental health as well. And it goes back to communication. If I can communicate with my children, I can sit them down one on one and makes them more susceptible, and more easier as they're getting older to speak about their mental health problems. And not only our children, but us as men, it makes it easier, like, okay, if I could do this with my children, maybe I may need some help and I can go look for it. I can go seek the mental health that I need because it's a lot of trauma in this city that we deal with. To so go back off of what you said with the gun violence. Um, I was recently out of state and one of the topics that came up is the gun violence. And we don't realize the trauma and the PTSD that we deal with on a daily basis It's gunshots going on. Hold on, kids, get down, go to the back of the house. That's not normal. That is not a normal way to live. And once we realize that and come to terms with that, we can all help each other as a whole.
3: Well said, well said. And, you know, I think I have a pretty good picture of the work that Focus on Fathers does. Thank you so much. Is there anything that you'd like to add that we may not have touched upon? Of course, you can also talk about how people can get involved and find out more information.
5: I just want to point out, basically, we do what we do through parenting education, essentially. And then you add the uh, job readiness, job training. uh, And uh, everyone enrolls in the program, uh, is assigned a case manager, which is usually their facilitator, who's there to help them with any other concerns that they may have. But, you know, it's a 13-session 13, a 13 class cycle. So the 13 classes, we, generally, we have virtual classes and in-person classes, um, which makes a big difference for the guys because a lot of them, they'll show up if they don't have to leave the house so they can just get on their phone or whatever. Um, so it's 13 sessions. You have to complete 12 out of the 13 classes to get a certificate of completion you also get um, a gift card of $150 to $200 for participation, um, and uh, you can make a referral or you can give the information to someone and they can refer themselves, and they just go to www.focusonfathers.org. That takes you to our website. On that page, you'll, in big letters, bold letters, it'll say, click here if you want to refer yourself or refer somebody else. And it'll take you to a form. It's very quick. Name, address, phone number. You know, you fill that out. You submit it. Uh, it immediately sends me an email. I submit it to the facilitators. All of this should happen within three days. I mean, I when I get it, I try to get it to somebody within 24 hours. They try to reach out to the person within 48 hours to enroll them. But, you know, they just have to complete 12 out of 13 classes uh, to at least 12 out of 13 to get a certificate. And it's open to anyone in Philadelphia who's 18 years of age and older who has a child under the age of 24. Um, but 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 again, like I said, it includes grandparents. If you're an uncle and you're a father figure to your child, you're eligible for our services. It's all free. It's all voluntary.
3: All right. Larry Woody, program manager for Focus on Fathers program and Mark Weaver, a peer educator and facilitator for Focus on Fathers Thank you so much for joining us on Bridging Philly.
1: Bridging Philly continues
5: in a moment. Back
1: to Bridging Philly, connecting our communities on the issues that matter to you.
3: Ever wanted to know the story of the Wicked Witch of the West? Why is she green and mean? The Kimmel Cultural Center brings Wicked to Philadelphia as we learn more from Sharaday Howard with Shara in the City.
6: The Kimmel Cultural Center campus is presenting Wicked in its 20th season as part of the Broadway series. It's a reimagining of the story of The Wizard of Oz, but told from the perspective of the Wicked Witch of the West, who in this show is named Elphaba. Now, Alphaba is starting at a new school and just not fitting in, but her roommate Glinda... Miss Popular, of course, an age-old story. Cue the drama and the comedy. And whether or not you've seen this before, each rendition of Wicked is different. Each actor brings something new to the role. And I wanted to get that story firsthand, so I made a trip to the Chemicultural Cultural Center to hear directly from Celia Hottenstein, who plays Glinda, and Olivia Valley, who plays Elphaba. Both say the heart of the show is timeless. It's simply about friendship, the beauty, the complexity, and yes, it can be heard in every note.
0: it's definitely a story about two very powerful women and their friendship and what real friendship entails Mm -hmm. i think it's still relevant after 20 years because you get to see two women who aren't in competition with each other for superficial things like their looks or their wealth but they come together because of what makes them different just Mm -hmm. as a whole of who they are and i think that Everyone can relate to feeling like the underdog. Everyone can relate to seeing their own flaws and wanting to do and be better for the people they love. And I think that there is ownership in watching Wicked because it has become a generational show. Mm -hmm. There are people who bring their moms, people who bring their daughters, people who are pregnant and come to the show and want to bring their future kids. And I think that there's something... Very, very unique and special about Wicked 20 years later. Amazing. Now, Olivia, who do you play? I play Elphaba Thropp.
6: All right. So this relationship between friends who have to really reestablish this friendship and maintain this friendship, two women who are just trying to figure it out as life goes on, we've all been there. Mm
2: -hmm. Yes. I play Glinda the Good Witch. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's an amazing show to be a part of. um, And I think you know like Olivia was saying the success of this show is because people can still relate to it and um there's a part of it I think that empowers empowers people especially the part of them that was misunderstood or demeaned at some point and encourages them to really be their true self just like Alphabet. you know she doesn't care what other people think
6: (laughs) I love this because this theme does run throughout many of our lives. It's so relatable. And Cecilia, you play this role with such, I guess there's so many tones to it.
2: Yeah, I think the character of Glinda is, I think she really wants to be good and to do good. And I think like all of us, there are some mistakes and mishaps along the way, and sometimes you think you're doing good, and it it might not be the case, but I think underneath it all, she does want to do good and to be a good person. Yeah, and I think we all have that, the warrior and the healer, Mm -hmm. the
6: angel and the devil on the shoulder, but let's talk about the individual struggles involved and the beauty of the show. Like, really, what's that speaking to?
0: For me, being Alphaba, it is exactly like Celia said, it's um, me pushing forward despite what other people think about me i've always been that kind of person i've always been a very what you see is what you get kind of girl and alphaba has so many layers to her and i think something that people love about alphaba is that she is somebody who's ostracized for her skin color and her talent and it's something people don't understand unfortunately we live in a world where there are people who are treated differently because of their gender their skin color their talent what they do to see somebody like alphaba who has had a life of pain rise above and still choose herself and what is right is something that is so strong and so powerful and she doesn't water herself down for anybody but she is also this loyal to the core loving fiercely protective of the people she loves kind of person and I can relate to that in a lot of ways Um, and also she wants to see the good in people so bad because she has only experienced bad. And so in this new chapter of her life, when she goes to shiz and when she becomes friends with Glinda and when people begin to betray her, um, she still tries to see the good, still tries to fight for the good in them. And when life happens around her, instead of hating the world, she chooses the path of Without spoiling the show, (laughs) she chooses the path of, fine, if that's what you want me to be, then I'll be it. And I think there's a lot of power in that as well. Say what you want about me, but I know exactly who I am. Really knowing identity. So let's talk about the actual premise of the show.
6: Can you tell us what's happening without telling us what's happening?
2: This is, you know, kind of, I don't want to say what happened before The Wizard of Oz, but it's an alternate look at the Wizard of Oz and the Witches of Oz. And I think that's special because one of the themes of the show is um, don't judge someone on your first impression. You see the Wizard of Oz and you see the Wicked Witch and she's this evil, wicked witch and that's what we accept. She's evil, she's wicked. Um, Timeless theme. Yes. (laughs) So I think that this examines who these people are and, you know, just like we deal with every day you don't know what's going on with people you know you can judge them when you see them and this person's mean this person's this this person's that um but you have no idea what's going on in their personal lives you have no idea who they are at the core Um, and this show examines that and I think that's why it's so successful everybody can relate to it and it's about friendship too and you don't see a lot of shows or movies or TV shows about friendship and two powerful women. And that is, I think, really, really important right now. It's kind of amazing
6: because we just had our 100th mayor elected, and it's a woman,
2: yes, a woman of a color. Shot.
6: It's like a big deal. It and really, true. I think this is an opportunity for us to really not only empower women and our connections to other women, but really kind of highlight that aspect in which we can just lift each other up, celebrate one another, and really look for ways to become closer to redefining what love is. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about the individual uh, path of Glinda.
2: Because it's not as simple and straightforward as you think. No, I mean, I think she's very opposite of Elphaba in a lot of ways. She is extremely privileged. Mm -hmm. She has never been told no. She's always gotten what she wanted. Um, and this is the first time where things aren't going her way. And she has to see, you know, what life is like for everyone else besides her. And she has to be told no. Um... I love the character so much because she's goofy and funny and um, I I love comedy. I've always grown up loving comedy and this character is like the iconic comedic role. So to get to do this every day is really special. And I like to be funny and silly and goofy and it's a really cool role and a cool character.
6: She kind of brings that child out, that inner child, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
2: And this allows you to do that how? I think... This character just allows you to like throw everything away and 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 be goofy and be kind of true to your your like you were saying your inner child Mm. and it's it's nice because our creative team allows us to and encourages us to bring ourselves to the role they don't want Olivia to be Idina Menzel they don't want me to be Kristen Chenoweth we aren't those people and so the more that we bring ourselves to the role the more special the roles are and as actors I think we're told that all the time but for me playing this role. Now I'm, I'm seeing for the first time, okay, yeah, this role is special because of what I'm bringing to it. Elphaba is special because of what Olivia is bringing to it. and um,
6: Very much your interpretation of the role, which is important absolutely. because that's what people really remember.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
6: And you, what does this show bring out in your inner child?
0: As corny as it might sound, my wildest dreams coming true. I saw Wicked for the first time when I was 18 and I remember crying from the moment the music started until Bows. People thought something happened tragically in my family around me. (laughs) It's crazy. But for me it brings out a healing in a way that I didn't know I needed because growing up I was truly alphabet in the way that I was I didn't fit in. I didn't really I had close friends, the some that I still have right now in my current life that I've carried with me through all these years but I had to hide so much of myself and the things I liked and who I really was in order to fit in to survive and... You know
6: that all too well.
0: uh Uh-huh. And I had to turn away parts of myself that I really kept to myself Mm -hmm. in order to not be bullied, in order to not be made to feel so much different than I already feel. And now I love every bit of that. I love being weird. I love being this, like, complex, funny, yet, like, protective and um, driven person that some people might not understand, but... That's okay, too. That's okay, because it's (laughs) also, like, that's not personal. And I also still have a very open heart because of it, and I don't have to resent anybody because of it because i'm not hiding myself you know i've become through this more empathetic and understanding to myself to others and forgiving myself in a way but isn't that the real test yeah when you can come out more of yourself as opposed to less of yourself Mm -hmm. i feel like i hit 30 I was in my late 20s, and I was like, "Mm, no, I'm pretty cool as is. I like, I really, (laughs) and I really like myself. And to be able to be so powerful and feel so powerful in this role just kind of makes me go like, it's more humbling than anything else. Like, I feel like it can be really easy to be like, I'm Elphaba, but it's like, I'm not the first and I'm not the last. Mm -hmm. And I get to enjoy this moment right now. And I get to... Rediscover parts of myself that I had tucked away for so long and so it's a very humbling process for me
6: and I really like it it's wonderful and thanks for welcoming us to this and to kind of watch you go through both of you ladies to really explore this together so cheers to Wicked cheers to you and cheers to just figuring it out together yeah
2: awesome yes thank you so much for having us thank you <laughs> I knew you
0: because
3: Thank you for joining us for Bridging Philly, brought to you by Gift of Life Donor Program. Organ donors save lives. Also, we're looking for the 2024 class of Game Changers. Nominations are being accepted right now. If you know a person or an organization doing positive work to uplift communities of color, go to KYWnewsradio.com slash Game Changers and nominate them today. Winners will be featured on KYW and will be awarded at a special ceremony during Black History Month. For Sharaday Howard and our producer, Patty McMahon, I'm Raquel Williams. Be well.